call it a personal bias, but the field of obstetrics and gynecology is the best. This is Clinical Pearls. Labor, well, hurts. Like other types of visceral pain, the pain of the first stage of labor is diffuse and not well localized as somatic pain. Although lower abdominal pain is a nearly universal feature of labor, a significant percentage of women will also experience lower back pain and pain at the iliac crest, the buttocks, or even the thighs. Now, as the fetus descends in the late first stage or the second stage of labor, distension of the vagina, the pelvic floor, and the perineum elicits stimuli through the pudendal nerve and the anterior primary division of sacral nerves S2 through S4. It's at this later stage of labor into the second stage that pain is now predominantly somatic and therefore better localized than the pain that occurs earlier on in labor. Despite the use of the visual analog pain scale across labor and delivery units, it's not perfect and can have some cultural misinterpretations. ACOG does recognize that there are a variety of methods to give analgesia for the peripartum patient. And according to the college, none of the methods appear to be associated with an increased risk of cesarean delivery. In this session, we're going to cover the use of inhalational analgesia during the labor course, specifically the use of nitrous oxide as a pain management tool. N2O, or nitrous oxide, is a non-flammable, tasteless, odorless gas. It was first synthesized by the English scientist and theologian Joseph Priestley back in 1772, but it wasn't until 1881 in Poland when it was first used as a labor analgesic. That physician published the results of his study, where he used 80% nitrous oxide with 20% oxygen in 25 laboring women. He demonstrated effective pain relief with no seen adverse fetal effects. But it wasn't until 1961 that the British Oxygen Company introduced a single-tank delivery system that could be used in labor and delivery wards. That was done under the trade name Etnox that is still used in the United Kingdom. But Etnox has never been approved by the U.S. FDA. And in the U.S., the chief manufacturer of nitrous oxide for labor or general pain management is under the trade name Nitronox. That delivery system combines 50% N2O and 50% oxygen in a set concentration that cannot be altered. Now, this differs from the apparatus that's used in other facilities, for example, in dental offices. The equipment used in dental practices allows for variable concentration of nitrous oxide delivery and is not intended to be used for patient-controlled nitrous oxide delivery. Although other approaches like continuous administration of concentration less than 50% nitrous oxide and oxygen and intermittent administration of higher concentrations has been employed and may offer modest improvements in pain relief, the intermittent use of nitrous oxide in a 50% concentration is the most commonly used and the one that's recognized by the American College of OBGYN. Nitrous oxide can be used for analgesia during the first 
second, and the third stages of labor, as well as during post-delivery procedures like laceration repair or manual removal of the placenta. It may also facilitate the initiation of epidural analgesia. N2O is self-administered and has a rapid onset of 30 to 50 seconds, which correlates with volume and rate of inhalation. N2O administration is intermittent, not continuous, and it's delivered via face mask. The patient's inhalation triggers the opening of a negative pressure demand valve and is timed by the patient to coincide with uterine contractions. Anecdotal reports have noted patient report of greatest relief when the woman begins inhalation about 30 seconds prior to the start of the contraction. This pattern of inhalation allows for peak serum levels of N2O to coincide with the peak of the uterine contraction. The offset is rapid with elimination of the nitrous oxide by exhalation occurring within a few minutes of discontinuation. Now, it's important that the nitrous oxide be administered by the patient herself using a handheld face mask, and this should be done without straps or other devices that are used to secure the mask to the patient's face. That could lead to excessive use and drowsiness. Learning the correct technique by practicing with the first few contractions is an important aspect to maximizing results. Now, we have to set the record straight and set expectations right off the bat. It is true that published evidence has shown that pain relief is generally less effective with nitrous oxide than with neuraxial analgesia using local anesthetics. Of course, neuraxial analgesia is the gold standard. However, when compared with patient-controlled administration of short-acting narcotics like fentanyl and remifentanil, pain relief is actually similar. Nitrous oxide administration is also non-invasive and does not carry the serious, although rare, risks associated with regional analgesia. And finally, in patients in whom regional analgesia is just not possible, nitrous oxide is still a valuable alternative for patients seeking pain control and once again, it is recognized by the American College of OBGYN in its bulletin in 2019. Alright, coming up next, let's take a look at the possible mechanism of action of nitrous oxide. The mechanism of action of N2O, remember that's nitrous oxide, is complex and actually not clearly established. Endogenous opioid release occurs with associated analgesia, and N-methyl-D-aspartate receptor inhibition reduces the hyperalgesia. Additionally, anxiolysis occurs by central gamma-aminobutyric acid receptors, and it may enhance the euphoric properties. Now, of note, the intermittent use of 50% oxygen and 50% nitronox does not significantly alter the maternal hypocapnia that accompanies labor. The most commonly reported side effects are nausea and vertigo, although nitrous oxide use does not significantly increase the rates of maternal nausea or vomiting during labor. Fatigue may occur when it's used for prolonged periods of time. Also, although it is self-administered, some women still find the sensation of breathing into a mask during contractions to be somewhat unpleasant. Newborn adverse effects have actually not been described, so that's one of the best advantages of nitrous oxide. 
However, we do have to say a quick note regarding safety concerns. The use of nitrous oxide as a labor analgesic in the UK has produced a long track record of safety outcomes for both mother and child. Recent animal studies have suggested, however, that some anesthetic agents may induce apoptotic changes within developing rodents and primate fetal brains if exposed either in utero or shortly after birth. Now, although short duration and modest concentrations of these analgesics would be expected to have negligible effects, high concentrations for very prolonged periods may in fact be deleterious. So even though nitrous oxide has a proven safety record, it's still important to not use continually or habitually, if you will, during labor. Now, nitrous oxide is one of the numerous agents that's been associated with these apoptotic changes, remember, only in animal studies. However, the FDA in 2007 did release an advisory which recommended no change in anesthetic practice for children or fetuses, although it's important to note that, that the precise effects on brain development in human fetuses exposed to nitrous oxide or other anesthetic agents in utero do remain largely unknown. Nonetheless, we have to go back to the decades of use in the UK without any reported short or relatively long-term adverse effects. In the United States, the most common pharmacological forms of pain analgesia for labor are still parenteral narcotic use and local anesthetics administered through an epidural catheter. Nonetheless, in recent years, there has been a growing awareness of the benefits of using nitrous oxide for pain control during labor. Now, we have to make this distinction between analgesia and anesthesia. Because most women who use nitrous oxide will still be aware of their contraction discomfort, this functions more as an analgesia and a dissociative agent rather than a true form of anesthesia. Again, nitrous oxide qualifies more as an analgesic than an anesthetic. The discipline of certified midwifery has been an advocate of nitrous oxide use much earlier than professional medical societies. According to the Journal of Midwifery and Women's Health, nitrous oxide labor analgesia is safe for the mother, fetus, and neonate and can be made simple for caregivers. It is simple to administer, does not interfere with the release and function of endogenous oxytocin, and has no adverse effects on normal physiology, progress of labor, and is safe for the newborn. Even the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists in their practice bulletin number 209 from March 2019 does recognize the use of inhalational analgesia for labor pain. The ACOG also states that the nitrous oxide delivery apparatus must use a demand valve so that doses are only given when the patient inhales using the mask and it must have a scavenging equipment in order to limit others' environmental exposure of nitrous oxide as a potential risk. In terms of fetal transmission, ACOG states that it is transmitted to the placenta, but nitrous oxide is eliminated rapidly by the neonate after he or she begins to breathe. All right, as we get to the end of the podcast, we have to say a few restrictions or safety notices regarding the use of nitronox in labor. 
First, it's not recommended that the patient be ambulatory or moving around while using nitrous oxide because the dissociative effect can cause dizziness and the patient may fall. So it's important to limit ambulation or have ambulation with assistance if the patient is using nitronox for pain management. Next, because nitrous oxide is cleared via the lungs, it also is not recommended for women with severe chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or any severe upper airway obstruction, but that does not include mild asthma. Women known to have B12 deficiency or pernicious anemia, as well as those known to have MTHFR gene mutation, should actually not use nitrous oxide in labor. While nitrous oxide has been used for years in Europe, with no observed immediate effect on the newborn, it's important to state once again that there are still few and not well-conducted long-term studies for safety. Laughing gas. Yep, it's been around for a while. And although it's been used in labor and delivery wards in different parts of the world for quite some time, only recently has the U.S. had renewed interest on the subject. This wraps up our podcast on the use of N2O nitrous oxide as pain management tool in labor and delivery. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.